place where we share stories along the journey that uplift and connect you to your highest self. We talk all things spirituality, mind, body, and space wellness, state of allowing, and how to stay grounded and good on the path. Join me each week as we tap into inner knowing and harness inspiration from our guests to remember why we're here and where we're going. This is the Divinely Human Podcast. Hi, friends. It is a gift to welcome Sunshine Abubakar, also known as African Boheme on Instagram, to the show. Sunny is an amazingly talented content creator and photographer, but above all else, she is a traveler. Her and daughter Noon formed the Motherhood Gone Global team of African Boheme that is a love letter to the beauty of Black family travel. She created her platform to be a Black family travel blog, standing at the intersection of the Black travel movement and millennial motherhood. It was created for all the moms lacking confidence traveling with their children. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Sunny. Thank you so much for having me. That was the best introduction I've yeah. ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, that person sounds cool. We were... <laughs> it's you. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk about this, this particular subject because it's something that's really close to me and my path and my journey. Um which is the subject of travel and specifically traveling as a woman of color, as a woman of color creative, traveling sustainably, and all of that. So I want you to kindly start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, your background, and your main source of spiritual practice. Okay. Um, well, my name is Sunshine. I grew up in Brooklyn. Um, that's where I feel like my soul is right in a Brooklyn summer. Um, I was raised by a single mom, but I am definitely the product of immigrants. My mom is from Trinidad and Trinidad, so the whole idea of moving and going was like ingrained in me from a very young age. Um, I studied photography and whim of a move to Australia a few years ago um, mm. where I got really interested in doing um, well here in Brooklyn before that I had a vintage clothing company I was really interested in textiles and interested in history of things and so when I moved okay. to Australia because I bought a pair of leopard print pants and I said wherever these leopard print pants are made I want to move to and it happened to be wow. the legit farthest <laughs> point from New York City small beachside town called Byron Bay um and I fell in love with that whole like culture of living and going and breathing and I got really into um consulting other brands on manufacturing on the best practices and sustainable ways to manufacture um Australia has this weird way of being they have such a small population, so they have to make their own clothes. Otherwise, they're going to get China's clothes. And mm. the sizing doesn't fit Australian women. So <laughs> there's a lot of, like, indie designers, and there's a lot of, like, manufacturing going on in Southeast Asia. And since it's so close to Southeast Asia, they do a lot of, like, manufacturing there and designing their own stuff. And 
really into that and helping these indie brands um, their best choices and focusing on Bali and Australia for a while. I reconnected with my I didn't know soon to be husband <laughs> and moved in Australia um, by email. <laughs> um, okay, and moved back to Brooklyn and yeah. Wow, that is a journey. <laughs> um, what 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 kind of what headspace were you in when you bought the pants and said wherever these pants are made that that's where I'm going? You know, I'd been in a space where um, a few years before that, I believe it was five at the time, my mother had passed away from cancer. And mm. I'd just been in this space for so many years of like raging. Like I hadn't been mm-hmm. to the point of like mourning yet because I was just <laughs> raging. Um, and so my mother passed away and subsequently my maternal side of my family like shunned me so it was like a really fun (laughs) moment um and so in being in those two spaces I've just been like years and years of being like well I'm in this space of like raging so I'm reacting to everything you know I'm reacting to you know how I feel about like loss and how I feel about like rejection and how I feel about all these things and it finally got to a place where I was just like, well, it's now time, you know, it's, it's now time for yeah. like, to like heal and grow and move. And part of that for me was like following the things that I'd always want to do. And I've had a love affair with Australia forever, but um, it just seems like um, a faraway thing to do. Um, yeah, it does. But, it does. Know. It's, almost, it's, it's almost like a rock bottom. Yeah. You know, people always make their best decisions when there really is no other decision to make. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, I'd had a really awesome experience meeting up with a bunch of Australians before that and realizing that, like, Australia has the monopoly on, like, awesome adults. Like, mm. like, not just, like, just people who go, okay, this is life, this is what we've got, and it's meant to be lived, you know? Yeah. And I feel like they don't teach us that here. And after having had that experience and then being like, these pants are everything, like, I don't belong in, like, Brooklyn where wearing leopard print bell bottoms would be weird. But there's some yes. place in the world, <laughs> there's some place in the world where leopard print bottom, bell bottoms are, like, it and regular. Um, and so, so you I just felt at home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it called you. I mean, it, it had been calling you for a while. So strong. Um, yeah, that's so, that's so amazing. And such a great story to follow your intuition because it's always giving us messages. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the messages really, they're very subtle. They're like little pebbles. And then other times they're like super, weighty bricks Mm -hmm. that we can only hear when shit hits the fan and then it's like okay well we've been giving you this message for a while you know it's time for you to make your move down there so you can fully fully heal so that's amazing that that opened your eyes up to the wisdom and priceless experience of travel Mm -hmm. are there any other experiences that you got to bear witness to when you got to Australia that kind of solidified your 
stamp on this is the journey I'm going to take of self-exploration because you've been to over 12 countries now and I'm sure each country taught you and showed you something so different um, my daughter's been to 12 countries oh <laughs> wow yeah, my daughter's been to 12 countries um I I don't know maybe it's like 30 something countries now for myself but, oh my god um, Australia like there's so many things about Australia. Like <laughs> I have this. this Do you think you're ever going to move back there? Um, I would love to on like, that's what I'm, where there's this area where it's like, Australia is great and everything. It just may not be the perfect place for me to raise my baby. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, Australia has amazing people and amazing adults, and amazing beaches and amazing things. And then it also has this like underbelly that I like to call it like, Australia is like the wild, wild west. There's no <laughs> better way to say it. Like it's, um, in many ways, it's progressed way past America, but in many ways, because it's so isolated, it's like a lot of things on steroids. Like all the things that happened to like Aborigines and people of like darker complexion happened in yeah. Australia up until like <laughs> the 70s, 80s, you know, the things that they yes. were doing to Aborigines are still really ingrained in this stuff. Like Australia is the only place that I've seen the N word written down in a museum. Like I've never <laughs> seen it somewhere. Wow. And like, and I had a lot of experience where like people would just ask where you're from and like <laughs> not take America. Like, no, but where are you from? And like, granted, I'm not, I don't necessarily claim America otherwise, but like if you're talking to me and you're hearing my voice, but you're asking if where's my accent from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as much as I love and like deeply cherish Australia, I don't know if it currently has the understanding in all the places. Yeah, no, absolutely. And taking my baby. The safety. Yeah. Yeah. Taking my baby. Like um <laughs> and for yeah. her to be raised yeah. there. Yeah. And like that's yeah, that's a whole nother level. There's a lot and like I don't know, I just random stuff that I'd never heard here but like New York is a very like liberal place so I guess if I lived somewhere else I'd hear different things but the type of stories mm-hmm. of like just homophobia and like racism and like just they're just things that I'm not I'm not used to hearing about but that's probably not indicative of all like it's not like to say oh Australia is just a big homophobic exactly. place you know that's not it at all like yeah. <laughs> but, it's the, but like you said you said it's perfectly it's the underbelly of yeah. it it's it can, you never know when it's going to come to the surface. Yeah. And so it's like, what's the point of constantly living in a, in fear almost. Yeah. And just not knowing if that's something that my daughter would be up against. I'd love to go and show her how awesome it is. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to slow down uh, with your traveling? Uh, since you had her because you she's been to 12 and then you said that you've been to over 30 well I I definitely did I definitely bought into like I feel like as soon as you you know get pregnant you're like at this nesting stage well the well for me (laughs) the funny thing about Mm -hmm. being pregnant was we my husband and I we got married and then decided to go on three months in Southeast Asia we were oh beautiful away and I was like I just did this 
Bali rice field climb like six months ago and I wasn't tired at all. So what's that about? And he was like, do you think you're pregnant? I was like, not possible at all. And it turned out that's what was going on. <laughs> and so like we did our first um, like prenatal visits in like Ubud and like the monkey bars. Like it, it was like really beautiful being there and like doing all that stuff. Um, and so when I got back to the U.S., because I would have stayed to have my baby there. My husband said if she wants mm. to be president, she has to I be I actually born found there. out I was pregnant in Bali, too. Right? <laughs> it's like a magical place. <laughs> I mean, it's a good place to find out. Um, <laughs> I, um, yeah. And so, like, being back here and just, like, being in, like, the America of it all, like, was completely different and like I felt like I needed to learn what I was supposed to do and so I went on that whole like ooh all the message boards all the things and everything Mm -hmm. just like told you that like it made it seem like oh a baby came and like you ended like yeah and like like everything was about that like it was so much so and like it was really disheartening for me in the beginning because I I felt like that was more like depressing to me than like having this new life here that that I had to like Mm. deal with. It was this idea that the way I dressed was no longer appropriate if I wanted to be. Oh my gosh, that's a huge one. You you know, like if I wasn't wearing um, my gym pants (laughs) and then like I wasn't a good mom, um, it was you know going places like how could I think that that air was good for my baby and if I was doing that I was a horrible mom and trying to like, <laughs> you know, show her these things and do these things um it was really crazy and like funny enough the thing that <laughs> got me out of it was clothing again um <laughs> my husband's from Benin and there's this designer that I'm obsessed with and she was having a show in Montreal, I want to say. And I was like, well, that's as close as I'm going to get to seeing her clothes. So mm. my baby was, I think she might have been three months old. And so she didn't have a passport yet. And I was like, well, we're going to take this 10-hour bus ride to Montreal <laughs> as a family with a three-month-old. Um, and like convinced him we were going for another reason we were not <laughs> um <laughs> and like doing that and like that was like going there and seeing that I feel like much like Canada is a good place if you're in America to be like oh I stick my toe into like traveling somewhere and like seeing something and it's mm-hmm. like, the world is different and it's large and open and you should see things and if a mud cloth bathing suit absolutely like, go find it baby wow absolutely (laughs) i mean it uh, traveling sparks it just forces you out of your comfort zone which forces you to grow by default yeah you know i don't think people necessarily go on quote-unquote vacation and say oh i am so ready to change my life but they always come back saying that they feel so changed so recharged you know like a different vortex has been opened up in their mind so that they can see their day-to-day life as monotony and see that there's a life and world and other people that exist outside of the realm of their everyday life. Yeah. And um yeah, yeah no, no, go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say that 
in a weird way had it not been for like motherhood I wouldn't have still like saw that as an access because mm-hmm. having um the like prenatal experience in Bali and then coming to the U.S. and having like prenatal experience <laughs> um in the hospital wow, I know I <laughs> was know. was really like jarring for me and like I'd not even known those two things to be two different worlds you know and like Mm -hmm. so being in like Bali I went to a birthing center and had you know like I didn't know people were giving birth there were no sounds of what you see on television of birth happening there you know yes exactly like you only knew that someone was giving birth was because there was an excited man bouncing around outside you know (laughs) like that was it you were like oh okay so birth is happening here and then coming into like America, or I don't know if it's New York, but it's America, you know. Um, and having no, the, it's America, <laughs> it's America. Like the exact opposite. Like, granted, um, what is it called that abortion is illegal in Bali? And so when people see you with your baby, mm. you're pregnant, they say congratulations. It's the first thing, you know. Like, there's, <laughs> you know, this is joy. This is happening. That's what's gonna happen to you. Mm-hmm. And having gone from that to go directly into um, America, like when we first came back, um, neither of us had been working. So we went to the clinic to see what happened, you know, with the baby. And and it was somebody who said, you guys can't be in the room together. And it was like, well, we know yeah. we're pregnant here. We're coming to see whatever and get prenatal treatment. And they were like, no, we need to first do a pregnancy test. Okay, forget the fact that I've had prenatal care for the last few months. Now you're telling oh me we have goodness. to redo the stuff over. And my husband can't be part of the process. He needs to be in another room and wait until the end. And they take you to the last room after they tell you, hey, you're pregnant, which you already knew. And they go, what do you want to do about it? As opposed to like, Granted, I get that there's times and places where you may not want to complete a pregnancy, but there's still five more months for you to be like, look what your body did. Yeah, you know I mean, look, exactly. Look what you are capable of doing. Look what you are capable of creating. To have the first thing that's said to you, like, so what's your, what do you want to do? Was the most, mm-hmm. like. I mean, it's a celebration of life. Yeah. And I don't think America has that ingrained culture of celebrating life. Hence all. the need for vacations yeah. like yeah. there's that that's what that's what strings along the the addiction for I need to get out of my nine to yeah. five job and go on vacation once a year is because this culture isn't set up in a way that it upholds your life mm-hmm. it upholds your divinity and when you go to other countries and travel to other places that's the essence that is always in a lot of these countries regardless of whatever you know, other problems they're going through, they celebrate life. Like for them, life is everything. It and it and it is. It is everything. And here when you come back here, it's so hard to celebrate life because of the monotony of everything. Just like you said, it's like, okay, what do you want to do about it? As opposed to congratulations or, you know, then say what would you like to do about it. But like this something Mm -hmm. like but it was simply having that well, that like dichotomy to know that like, hey, there's two different things about the world. And like, had you not traveled, you wouldn't have seen another version. Like, yeah. had I not been in Bali while that was happening, I would not have known there's different ways to bring a baby into this world. You know, like I would not have been a thousand percent on board with a home birth. I would not have yeah. seen that as an option for me. I don't think 
as holy as I did. And then to have that happen after traveling, it really, traveling to me became a way to feel closer to, I feel like divine motherhood, you know? Absolutely. Like seeing Absolutely. that this is much larger than the way that America will try to show you what motherhood is or what it means to be a good mother. Like what it means to be a good mother is different here than it is anywhere else. And mm-hmm. well, everywhere else, you know, like, and so that, that's an important part for me is that travel kind of connects me to the motherhood of it all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, do you feel like you kind of got a little bit of a backlash when you decided to start traveling more on the full-time side um, with your daughter? Like people saying, you can't do that. Like you're not supposed to be doing that. You're a mom and she's too young and on and on and on. Um, I definitely like, it's, I'm not, I don't have much <laughs> um, interaction with my um, family, but from the people that I did have communication with, that was the first thing. And it was such mm-hmm. a strange idea for me because most of my, like my grandmother and her sisters all like left Jamaica to go to England and America respectively to work and then bring their babies and do all of that. But this idea of like traveling, you seeing the world and seeing new things and experiencing new things is like so ingrained in our story. So the idea that now that you're a mother, you can no longer do these things was just like a really weird, uh, stance for people to have yeah. in life. Yeah, did that push you to want to do it even more? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean like <laughs> I mean staying in the one place where you've always been hasn't done great for healing or ending like generational like wounds. So maybe moving is the way to do it. Maybe Absolutely. More. I am the I mean I think people know this, but I'm such a big proponent of traveling like even if it's to the next state that's next to you like you you don't have a passport you can't fly anywhere whatever getting in a car or in a bus like you said and going somewhere where you don't know where you are and figuring it out I mean right after we got married Alex and I got married a month after we got married we sold everything our cars everything and moved to Thailand with three suitcases. And it was so hard. It forced us to grow up so rapidly. Number one, it was the first month of being married. Yeah. And for that, we had only been together for seven months. So we hadn't even been together for a year and we were married and living in this new country. So I don't know if I would recommend all that, but the part about just being free and being thrown into the deep end you really learn how to swim you know like it's it's sink or swim and it's it's survive or not and the amount of growth internal growth that we both experienced within the one year of living there together I I mean we always say we're like on an accelerated course because it did so much traveling to Bali um traveling to all parts of Thailand and then finding out we were pregnant, it was almost like you were going, you know, a hundred miles an hour and then you came to an abrupt stop with getting pregnant. And we're still now trying to ramp that back up to 
travel the world because we really want our kids to have that experience of newness and not getting stuck in a rut and not thinking your life can only be one way. Like how you were talking about, you wouldn't have known to be open to home birth had you not already seen that in in Bali. And I know a lot of people who really would like something, who really have a heart's desire, but don't think it's possible because they simply haven't seen it. And traveling, you know, really allows you to see different things. Well, the thing that really, like, for me, I travel, like, I like to travel with my daughter. Like, the idea of being a parent, like, I always want to, like, tell people is that the reason that, like, I move and let her see the world is that she can see that brown people show up way differently mm-hmm. than the way that they're told they show up here. Yes. You know, like, and that doesn't mean that you're going to... Um, like we've only traveled very selectively in Africa, not selectively, just very small in Africa. But I'm saying, like, you simply going to Southeast Asia or going to India and seeing that, like, there are people that are as dark as you, darker than you, the way that they're treated, the way mm-hmm. that they interact, these are doctors, these are presidents, and these are, you know, leaders, and these are, you know, thought makers and revolutionaries, and like all these things, and like exalted, whereas you don't see that here. Absolutely. And so just, it's so important to just move your baby someplace. Like, I mean, I, I've not traveled much in the South of America, but I feel like there's got to be, like, I don't know, all these parts of, like, Alabama and Texas or wherever, where there's, like, all these brown mayors and, like, senators and all this other good stuff that yeah. would make you feel like, look at this guy, you know, look at this business owner. Look at this, you know, that you're not necessarily seeing here. Absolutely. I completely agree. It's changing their entire mindset before it's even formed because from zero to seven, they're basically under this hypnosis of this is how the world is based off of who tells them how it's going to be. And if we can reframe that and record in their minds like blissful moments that they can take on until the rest of their lives, we will literally have a different world within one generation. Can you tell us a little bit about Mino the label? Am I saying that correct? Mm-hmm. Mino? Um, well, Mino, um, it means our mothers in Fon, the language of Indians, um, their husband's phrase. Um, it's, it's the only, do- it's one of the names for the only documented um, Amazons like female all warrior tribe um and they were mm. called our mothers um, i thought that was so cool um it's a brand that's really just indicative of my love for travel um it's a lot of the stuff are sourced in west africa in west africa a lot of influences from all over um um, there's some like Vishivanka, like Ukrainian influences and in some of the dresses and sleeves and some like, you know, very Caribbean traditional stuff and the styles. And there's just clothes that I wanted to wear. Um, and I just couldn't find stuff that fit my style as going, Oh, I'm a mom and I wanna feed. That's where it started with, where I was breastfeeding and I wanted to be able to say, Well, what do I wanna wear that I can breastfeed my baby or mm-hmm. see clothes of her and live out their lives? And that's where it all came about. And it's just been so much fun seeing tiny people and large people wearing <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. 
Did you always know that you wanted to be a designer or express yourself in this way? Um, I like to say no, but then I found my elementary school yearbook and it said I want to be a fashion designer. <laughs> so I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I you guess already I knew. You, yes, you came here knowing that. And it's so funny how we forget because we're bombarded by what the world tells us that we should be and shouldn't be. And we come here knowing exactly our purpose and like what we want to accomplish in this world. And if our parents or caretakers can just attune themselves and respect us because we were and are fully realized beings when we come here, I think. I think the world would, I mean, I, yeah, I, I could talk about that forever, oh, no, but I, I truly am so passionate about conscious parenting and just allowing our kids to be who they already are. We're not here to mold them into anything. Um, so I just think that would be so interesting if you had followed that path from that moment that you said out loud, like, I'm going to be a fashion designer until now. I wonder what your, you know, your path would have kind of woven into a child of immigrants i needed to be a doctor or a lawyer <laughs> Those are my two. yes exactly <laughs> Those are my so i could imagine we veered off of that i know <laughs> so when you decided to start mino the label did you already have all that information from living in byron bay and, and working with all the sustainable indie brands yeah um i did the thing is, it's completely different when you're in West Africa. <laughs> it's completely yes. different when you're not in a, like, their culture is so strong and so beautiful. And the clothes that the tailors are used to making are traditional, you know, um, West African garb. They're, you're wearing agbada, mm -hmm. you're wearing, you know, long flowing dresses for women. And so trying to say, if I could just put a little bit of like Western flair into this, to get us changes up a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> and like I, I don't speak any French, so I'm doing this through translators and with like hand movements. And mm -hmm. now my favorite person, who's like the head of like manufacturing now, him and I have like a shorthand. Um, and we're working it out. And my husband all the time will come to the room and go, I don't know how you guys had a conversation. And I'll say, don't worry about it. We worked it out. <laughs> like, we worked it out. Um, yeah. It's, it's been completely eye-opening. It's completely different. It's like, it's this weird balance of trying to find what um, these, like, skilled artisans have in their, like, stockpile of, like, information and, like, generations of like awesomeness that I can like draw from but also I'm trying to keep it alive you know, but not also but also be able to say hey I don't think you actually have to do this thing this way there might be another better way or different way that works for me so it's like mixing those two things like taking information and giving information and also being like a breaking biotic relationship it's been the most amazing thing ever yeah yeah, I mean that's that's all of our purposes, right? Is to co-create in that way. It's like you're you're making their lives a little bit easier, and they are adding so much depth and creativity to your life. Yeah. What can you tell us are the biggest lessons that stepping outside of your comfort zone physically 
with traveling have solidified spiritually internally for you? That I'm capable. Right? Yeah. Now, like being someplace else, I have severe anxiety, <laughs> social anxiety, mm. like anxiety of life. Um, and being here where there's all these like social norms that I'm meant to understand because I've been here forever. Um, and then being someplace where I'm not meant to understand what's going on. It, mm. it gives me so much like power to one, be like certain of the decisions and the things that I do and the, like the way that I am because I'm someplace where I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but what I'm doing is getting me through something. What I'm doing is getting me someplace, you know, um, I may not talk to people in social settings here in New York, but I've gotten on the back of a stranger's motorcycle who I have no idea what they were saying in Balinese. And they've taken me to a beautiful black sand beach that I could not point to on a map if you asked me to. and had an amazing evening where I spoke no words, <laughs> you know, where I learned yes. nothing, you know, like, but I am capable and I was like able to discern for myself that this person is safe and this person wants to just show me where they are and like show me they're safe and like that's amazing but here I would be less sure and not trust myself and not know and like travel has let me know that I'm far more capable than my surroundings say that I am. I love that answer so much because that is the exact same experience that I had. It it's like when the mind doesn't have anything to kind of work through, like a, a problem to work through, it it just surrenders. <laughs> and it doesn't start telling you these lies that you can't do it and you should be scared of this, that, and the other. And you completely surrender and your heart is just blown wide open to the point where you literally are putting trust in another human being mm -hmm. that you've never met before and praying and knowing that they will take care of you. Yeah. That is the human experience. Mm -hmm. That is true love. That's un unconditional love. It's like, you don't know that person from Adam, you know, but you're trusting that they're going to, they want to, out of the goodness of their heart, give you a beautiful experience and take nothing in return. I mean, that's only something that truly can be experienced through traveling because it shuts down so many barriers, but only allows the one barrier of humanity to coexist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How can we as travelers, as future travelers, as current travelers, have a lighter imprint, but a deeper impact when we decide to explore Mother Earth and and gain all of her divine wisdom. What were some ways that you found? I found that being really conscious of the things that you bring with you is a really like important way. Like it's not just going like like um, one of my favorite sayings is we don't need a million people doing you know sustainability the right way. <laughs> we need mm -hmm. like a hundred million doing it the wrong way. You know, we need yes. more people trying and making effort. Um, and so it may not look the same for everyone, but it's simply going, okay, every morning I like to have tea. 
So what I pack with me is a teacup, a collapsible travel teacup. And that means that wherever I'm mm. going, you know, I can have that tea. That means that there's going to be, however many days I'm gone, there's going to be at least that many teacups. I'm not adding anything to the earth. You know, I'm not going to know if a place where I'm going has a teacup. Is there going to be a paper one, a plastic one? I don't know. But I know that I've stopped that from like entering the landfill by simply just having a conscious moment, like deciding what would, what is it that I need in order to keep going. Um, mm. And I feel like the idea that like people say when they want to travel light and like, and they're traveling light because you can buy everything there. Like it's, <laughs> it's the most counter. It's, it's the same thing. thing. I know. Because like <laughs> that's, I don't know. I feel like that's when you're, parents' parents were traveling because the I the fact of the matter is they didn't have Amazon two day shipping for you to get exactly mm-hmm. what it is that you want. You know what I mean? For you mm-hmm. to get something that you know is gonna like hold up and like stand the test of time when you get someplace, which a lot of times tourist places where it's marked up or it's lower quality because they don't expect you to be there long anyway. So the thing that you buy yeah. when you're going is gonna break. It's gonna like be ruined. So just taking five more before you go someplace else to go, who am I and what am I going to need? You know, you don't need to bring something for every situation, but just for things that you know. Like every day you're going to need to eat you pack utensils, like meant something to you, then you'd always have them. You know, mm-hmm. every day yeah. your toddler is not going to eat at the right time. So bringing a container mm-hmm. to take that food with you so that you can have it whenever they want later in the day. It's like a lifesaver. <laughs> like, and it's, yeah. it's way easier. It's, I mean, yeah. and it's so simple and things that we can implement even when we're not traveling mm-hmm. and you have kids. Mm-hmm. Like to just keep stuff in the car or in the stroller or, you know, wherever. Because a lot of times we're just running out of the house and we simply are not in a state of remembering that oh yeah let me grab that let me grab that but if you have two cups like keep Mm -hmm. one in the stroller and one in the house or one in the car and one in the house or whatever um but I love that I I mean I love that you're saying that you know we just need a couple million people to be doing sustainability in the wrong way and I think it's become such a there's become such a stigma around sustainability the word sustainability and the community being so um, disconnected from reality yeah. of what people are living that that people don't really feel like they can even be sustainable because they feel like they have to they have to buy a three hundred dollar dress because it's organic cotton wow. instead of just wearing the same dress that they've had since you know they were in high school or whatever. And I feel like what is missing from the conversation is that like black people have been sustainable. <laughs> since black people existed. <laughs> like, and, you know, like, the amount of times that I went looking in a butter container for butter and found some leftover <laughs> like, rice, you know, like, <laughs> I found some rice and beans in this leftover butter container. Like, that's not the cute sustainability. It's not a glass container, but that's confusing. Mm-hmm. That's confusing. You know, that's refusing. That's a lot of steps mm-hmm. that, like, we're now saying our things. Like, that plastic bag drawer that everybody has, like, Oh my you know, gosh, like, yes. <laughs> it's like, it's just keeping those things going. You've been wearing your cousin's hand-me-downs. Like, let's not change mm-hmm. it up now and go buy a brand mm-hmm. All those things are things. We've just been calling it something different. We've been calling it that our parents are cheap. <laughs> but Exactly. Know, but really, <laughs> or immigrant parents. Yeah, 
they are doing their leaders in the sustainability front and we just have to like embrace that exactly i mean there's nothing new under the sun and we actually have an episode with dominique drakeford Mm -hmm. so if you guys listening um would love more information about sustainability please go back and listen to that episode you will get your entire life being from there um so yeah say that again she is isn't she she's she's incredible she i I honestly am so, I get so lit up whenever I see her because she's so in her purpose. Like I have never seen anyone be so dominant in the reason why they're here. It's like, nope, this is why I'm here. I'm going to tell it exactly how it is. You're either going to like it or you're not going to like it, but that's not going to stop me from doing what my job is. And she just puts everything into perspective for everyone everyone and if you're feeling triggered then that's some stuff that you have to work through but i love her approach to sustainability and just in life in general so if you guys need some inspiration please go back and listen to that episode like it's amazing it's so amazing um just a last few questions to round it out um can you tell us what you believe makes you divinely human I feel like my ability to love and feel to the extent that i do mm. I feel like a lifetime of not sitting in makes you understand that everyone's trying their best. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's just trying their best to figure it out and to figure out on their path what works for them. Because um, like you said, not fitting in. I mean, that's a hard, ev- everyone has felt that in their life. And if they could just draw the empathy, the empathy from that and extend it onto others, I think that would absolutely reawaken our divinity in our human experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what's next for you? Where can where can everyone find you? What are you going to be working on next? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm starting to consider it with a few other travel moms that I'm obsessed with, um, opening up these adventures to other people. We're mm. starting to try to figure out what it would look like if we um, went on these adventures. And we're just like, hey, come along with us. You know, let's figure it out. That would be amazing. So we're <laughs> looking into that and trying that out and having fun. Um, this summer, I'm trying to start exploring what it looks like to explore New York with nothing. Like, feel like as a native New Yorker and like I was so lucky to have my mom just be like have a finger on the pulse but there's so much of New York that is like free to do and I don't feel like enough people mm. know that so like just exploring that and doing that definitely in an effort to save for private school but also yeah. <laughs> it's fun but yeah that's that would be a great tool for anyone that lives or wants to even travel to New York for you, for them to see it in an in a different perspective other than the concrete jungle. Yeah. So that's amazing. I really really do hope that you get inspiration to do that. Um and everyone can find you. I'm excited about that too. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone can find you on Instagram, right? At African Boheme, and it will be linked in the show notes. 
um, and your website, AfricanBoheme.com, correct? Yep, that's right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for your gentle presence. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, of course you're welcome. <laughs>